This I Work For Him podcast is brought to you by the Pocket Testament League. Visit ptl.org for practical resources and encouragement to help you share your faith. ptl.org. Martha, each and every day we're asking people to call in and leave us messages or send us an email with questions. I wanted to do a little giveaway today. For oh, all Jim, of the, you're so generous. Well, you know, we have this library of books that people give us to give away. And really, this is one of the first books I read for the show, The Business Card by Dr. Steve Steff, yep. which is Peter Freisler's story called The Business Card. And I thought for everybody that calls in and leaves a message today, we'll pull one of those names and send them out the copy of the business card. It's even got a squishy cover. I love it. I know you love that color. Cover. How a few words on a business card changed a man, a company, and a community. And really, it is now influencing worldwide, mm-hmm. this guy's story. So we would love them to call into the listener line. That's right. So the number is 866-713-9675. 866-713-WORK. And I want to ask you to take a moment to do this. It's only a minute because that's all that our voicemail has. So just take a minute. Think about um, what it is that maybe you are wish that you had somebody that you could talk to about a specific situation at work, something that maybe your pastor's teaching on that has to, you're wrestling with how to apply it to your work. Um, you're having... Uh, whatever kind of discussion that you think might be helpful for connecting your faith and your work in your workplace or just good you know, work conversation, we want to be able to address those on the air. So call, leave a message, and we will play that message. And then at the same time, like you said, Jim, somebody from today is going to get a copy of the business card mailed to them. So we'll reach out, of course, then to get your mailing information. But please call the listener line, 866-713-9675. That's 866-713-WORK. Call today, and somebody who calls today is going to win a copy of The Business Card by Dr. Steve Steff, a very good friend now, six and a half years later after we interviewed him. I mean, just what a, what a great book. What a great encouragement. Okay, so some questions that have been emailed in. Uh, so from Beth in Bradenton, Martha, mm-hmm. what's the difference between a lay minister and a real minister? Oh, that's a great question. That's something I should write a blog about. Yes, I think that's a great idea because really it's about education. Um, people, in my opinion, one of the things that um, that question brings up is, you know, what are those things? And there is, Jim, I've been reading Ephesians 4 over and over again because we have um, recently talked with somebody, a pastor, who was really convicted on this whole idea of preaching for their congregation to go to work on Monday morning. And so it talks in there about the the gift of teaching, of preaching, of um, evangelism, prophet. I can't remember what all the, the five things are. But the whole point is that those jobs are meant to equip the saints to grow the kingdom. So this whole um, idea is that there's pastors that have a job in the pulpit. And that's what most of us think of as pastors is the the guy that stands up at the pulpit and preaches the gospel but the truth of the matter is is that we all can be a pastor in whatever um you know frame of reference we're in so when we are at work how can we pastor our people 
now around us now in the in it's been very traditional for people like that to be called lay pastors lay ministers lay ministers are people that typically are you know they're not a paid pastor but they're somebody working volunteering making things happen within the four walls of the church and the conversation is really about okay i'm either the paid pastor or i'm not so important and I'm under him. And we are under the authority of our pastor. This is a big conversation. And you're having it with yourself. It's really good. I like it. We're under the authority of our pastor, but we have been also equipped to be a minister to other people and and to not feel second class. And that's really what this question, I think, is boiling down to in the context of faith and work is that you're not second class. You're not less important. Your pastor's important. He has an incredible responsibility to teach those under his authority um, and to teach them biblically. But then what do we do with it? All right. And and, and again, my whole feeling, and I, just, I what Martha just said, I completely agree with, is just don't stop using the word lay. It just makes people feel second tier. Uh, we're all ministers. We just have different, our, our workplace, our, our ministry places looks different for each one of us. But there's no second tier in the kingdom. We all, all of the, the work that we do is significant in the kingdom. So how do people identify themselves? Because all the, I think originally saying lay minister was just an identifying to but say, was, I'm not the preaching the doing, pastor. Right, it was, right. Well, it was about the pastor of the church and then everybody else. But that's not, but that's not really what the Bible talks about. It, it's, you've got the preaching pastor, you've got a church pastor, and you've got an, an engineer pastor, and you've got a, a managing pastor, and you've got a, a lawn mowing pastor. You get, I mean, lay minister just says, I mean, it's, it, it just is a term to me was just a denigration of, well, I'm not the real pastor, I'm the lay pastor. Okay, so. But that's not true. That's not necessarily what the pastors mean, but that to me, that's what that term means. And, and it's, so it's just a matter of understanding that we all have a ministry and you're not a church pastor, you're a radio pastor. Or you're not a church pastor. Well, there are radio pastors, so that's kind of confusing. No, because the radio pastors are pastors that are on the radio. But they preach. There's preaching pastors on the radio. So what what is your argument? What what don't you agree with? Um, Well, I don't, it's not that I don't agree. It's just that like, so say you're at the grocery store and the, the cashier there Nobody calls her a cashier pastor. I mean, but she that, really is a pastor to the customers. Sure, she is, but but she's not. That that isn't in the context of the people that are buying groceries. No, but they that, don't have to know. So, what's the purpose of having this to just empower people to in, to encourage? What's the people? purpose of having what? Having the say that you're a cashier pastor. So that they recognize that their workplace really is a ministry place, that the people that they talk to, pastors are shepherds, they're, they're people that minister to other people's needs, and the person that's a cashier in a line at a, at a local grocery store, a Kroger, or a Safeway, or a Publix, or a, a, an Aldi, or whatever it may be, they, they've got an opportunity to touch the lives of those people, and, and even in the short conversation while they're beep, beep, you know, scanning stuff. So how can we turn that into a, uh, how can we help people? What can be a takeaway from this, Jim? Well, I don't know. I feel like we're not in agreement here. Sure I mean, we I are, just, but I think you just make a bigger deal. Lay is not a bad word. It just means I'm not the paid pastor. 
But, but we are paid. The cashier's getting paid to do her job. By, but we're not paid by the church. You no, know, I, think, I think to me the way it was communicated to me as a young man was <laughs> that there's the paid pastor and the lay minister, but the lay ministers do work within the four walls of the church. They're there to help the pastor do ministry within the four walls of the church. But the problem is with that whole idea is that most of the ministry to the lost doesn't happen within the four walls of the church today. It happens out on the highways and the byways, the streets and the corners and, and, and in the stores and the, in the marketplace and in the workplaces, the hospitals. I mean, it happens out. It's not happening in. So, um, <clears throat> you know, we've had people that have said they always ask people instead of saying, hey, how's your job? They say, hey, how's your ministry? And it get and it throws them off guard. You know, they're like, oh, I don't have. I, I don't have a ministry. And then the conversation is right. yes. Okay, you so that's, do a, that's a great a way. To, that's a great way to do it. I, I just, I, I just think the the big key is for people to understand when they they to me, and it's not for everybody, obviously, because you don't feel this way. But when I hear, well, you're just a. I heard it put this way, Jim. Not everybody's called to be a pastor. You're you're just a lay minister. You heard the just. Yeah, I did more than anything. Well, else. I did, and it's not, and it wasn't true. <clears throat> so I, I just think Interesting. that that here's the difference between a lay minister and a real minister, none at all. We're all equipped. We're all called to minister to those that God places in our lives each and every day. And, uh, uh, the well, let's see, Monmouth Society's statistics was we have an 800% greater chance out there in the marketplace to actually touch people who don't know Jesus than than you will if you're within the four walls of the church. So mm-hmm. we're all ministers of the gospel of Jesus Christ all over the country. Wow, that was a tough discussion. Okay. <laughs> but a good right. one. If you got to connect with you here on Sunday with what you're doing in your 9 to 5, if you missed church yesterday, if you didn't happen to catch church on Sunday, here's the reason why we go to church. Just to be surrounded by other people who are going through the same things you and I are going through so we could be encouraged. It's not a requirement to get into the kingdom. It's just a thing that will help you and me to just do a really good job of learning about our faith and who our God is that we serve each and every day. We're your host, Jim and Martha Brangenberg, right here in I work room, and we want to remind you that your workplace is your mission field. That's right, Jim. So um, I just want to remind our listener lines that we are currently inviting people to call in to 866-713-9675. Leave a message with the um, detail of the book that you are interested in, um, a, a question that you have. So maybe you have a question about work, a question about a coworker, a question about some ethics, or um, maybe even it's something related to today's show. Yeah. Call, leave a message, and then we will give a, away a copy of the book that we're going to be discussing today, Jim. And this will be an opportunity for people to um, share what's on their heart so we can have a conversation with them about it. So 866-713-9675 is the phone number. You know, we run into people all day long. In any job, the success of that job relates directly to the people you're connected to. Is it networking or is it relationships? And why in the world is all this so important? You know, about eight weeks ago, we started a conversation with Matt Bird from Cinnamon International. And it got quite heated as we argued about networking <laughs> versus relationships. So much fun was the conversation. We invited Matt back to resolve our differences and come to some positive conclusions. And I just want the iWorkRam audience welcome Matt Bird calling in from the UK today. Matt Bird, welcome back. Hey, Jim, Martha, it's so good to be with you in your community today. 
Well, we're excited. We're, we're, and I just, you know, you were pretty rough on me in the last conversation, <laughs> and I wanted to make sure that I had a chance to defend myself. I, I, I don't know, but yeah. it's not really you know that important. Jim, the, the truth hurts. Yeah, I, mean, <laughs> you know, I tell you what, I, I've, I've arranged with Martha. She's got some, uh, some plasters and some soothing ointment, and uh, you know, if it hurts today, you know, she could look after you. <laughs> oh, she looks after I'll, I'll me. I'll help his wounds. Okay, okay, okay. All right, Matt, how did your work come to be so focused on relationships? Wow, you know, uh, can, I, can I tell you a really, a really, a story I don't tell very often. When I grew up, I grew up in a home where, where we weren't very relational. I remember the doorbell ringing at our home and my father reaching for the remote control on the TV and uh, putting our mute and then getting my mum, my sister and I to hide behind the sofa and pretend nobody was home. <laughs> I, mean, I, mean, I mean, I thought that was normal. I thought that's what you did. Uh, but I've discovered since it's not, you know, but I grew up in an environment in a home where there was a poverty of, of relationships, you know, for whatever reasons. And I'm not criticizing my, my father, but, uh, you know, it was, it was an interesting environment to grow up in. And, you know, in life, you either follow what you experience and, and you, you, you repeat the cycle or you break free. And I just decided this isn't normal. I'm going to break free. And that's what I've done. Mm. How did your relationship with Christ fit into all of this? Because it's, you know, it's unique because this is a passion for you. So there's spiritual significance to this focus on helping oh, yeah. others to build relationships. Yeah, totally. So when I discovered Christ, or when Christ got a hold of me at the age of 19 years old, I, I was completely transformed. I, I used to feel so nervous around other people, speaking in a group, um, just, just, I was just so self-conscious. But when I discovered that Jesus loves me and likes me, wow, that changed everything. You know, not the, 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 fact, the love bit was great, but the like bit was even more profound because he liked me as I was. And so that made me more comfortable with who I am. And yeah, if you're listening to this today and you're thinking, "Wow, this this rings bells," you know, you know, you you may know that Jesus loves you, but do you know He likes you? He really likes you. He's made you the way you are, uh, warts and all, and uh, and that could be profound. But that transformed my ability discovering Christ and Christ getting hold of me. Transformed my ability to relate to other people. Um, you know, I believe that God is is relationship. You know, and that's why, you know, I, I, I go on and on and on about relationships so much, Jim. I mean, you know that, don't you? <laughs> mm-hmm. For sure. And so, you know, we want to kind of delve into that a little bit because, you know, Jim was ribbing you that, you know, there you guys have some, uh, you, you really kind of were educating Jim last time we had you on the air and our listeners can go back and listen to that show, which I think would be um, really good for them to do. But we grew up in a world where it was all about networking. You know, Jim was in sales, and he um, was always intentionally, quote unquote, I have my fingers up, but you can't see him because we're on the radio, networking. And that's where this conversation with you got so interesting because you said, listen, I, I believe it's about relationship. <clears throat> so how, how, do you, how do you switch that thinking? 
Yeah, I mean, uh, in essence, it comes down to motivation. Um, you, you, you network to get, you build relationships to grow. Um, you know, we've all been aware or been along to those groups, networking groups where they teach you give to gain, spot somebody you want something from, do something for them, and they'll reciprocate. You know, we've all been taught that strategy. Uh, and I just find it, I just find it grubby, to be honest. Um, <laughs> okay, you have to translate that yeah, what's word. What's grubby mean? Grubby, morally questionable. Oh. Um, yeah, I just sure. find that. Well, I mean, put it another way. I feel dirty when I do it. Hmm. No, um, mm-hmm. and, and so you know, I just thought, well, what's the alternative to that? And that's how this all started for me. I was invited to speak at a business conference on networking, and I spoke to the organizer and said, "Thank you. I love speaking, but I hate networking." Um, and 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 I explained why I found it grubby or <laughs> dirty and uh and they were like a little bit taken aback and i said but i do believe in the power of relationships to grow people teams business organizations and they were fascinated and they said matt will you will you come and speak on that and i thought mm-hmm. well sure if you're interested <laughs> so that's where it all began you know so talk to us about i mean when you look at you you talked you speak all the time. In fact, you just got back from Australia. What were you doing in Australia? Was that which is that just vacation, or were you speaking down there? <laughs> vacation that'd be great, wouldn't it? All that water <coughs> and all those great vineyards and no, but I was I was speaking and I was developing the, the, the cinnamon there. So the the Australian leaders have invited us to to work with them to start a cinnamon network in Australia. But it all came through relationships. I mean, last year one guy said. Would I come to Australia? Because he thinks it's time for Australia to do Cinnamon Network. And I went there in March. I met over 50 guys, leaders, women, one-to-one. And then this time I've been back and I invited them to invite their friends. And we did roundtable events in six key cities across Australia. It's all relationships. It's building an an ecosystem. And the, 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 the consensus was we really believe now is the time for for the Australian church to lean into their community, and we believe Cinnamon International uh, can help us do that. So we've got the green light, and we're off to the races. So, uh, but it all came through relationships. When you start to, when you work with somebody and they're trying to just understand the power of relationship, what's the first thing that you teach them? What's the what's the number one thing you teach people? The number one thing I teach people is be authentic. Um, you know, don't, don't treat different people different ways because of who you view them to be. Treat everybody like a, like a VIP, like a very important person. Um, you know, and, it, and it's hard because it's so easy to make an extra spe- special effort when we're with somebody who's influential or we're with our boss or we're with a client. We just, you know, we, we try extra hard, but, but can we try extra hard with the, the, the waiter and the, 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 the receptionist at the office and, uh, and, and, the, and the people we just take for granted? Can we put the same amount of effort into those relationships just because we just want to be real um, and authentic with them I rather than the- thinking... I love the word authentic, and it just made me think of um, we are just living in a new area right now and getting to know some new people. And we were speaking yesterday with somebody who we've just recently met in a couple of the last couple of weeks, and they had listened to our show because they never heard about it before. And when we were sitting there, they're like, 
you guys are like the same as you are on the radio. And yeah. I was like, awesome, because that's exactly, I mean, we, that is who we are. You get what you get when you meet Jim and Martha. Yeah. But he, yeah. he was like, I can't believe that you're the same, you know, as when you're on the radio. And, I, and of course, to Jim and I, we're like, well, that's being authentic. That's be, our lives are out there and we're not any different at home. That's right. Warts <laughs> and all. All right. We got a great conversation going today with Matt Bird calling in from the UK. He's the CEO and president of Cinnamon International and Relationology International. Wait till you hear about that whole deal. Uh, but it, just to understand, we ran into Matt in Dallas, Texas, did a show with him, and we got into this. You know, I kept telling Matt how I love networking because it, I love connecting to people. And Matt, had he took issue with this. But really what I meant, and his point was, I did networking to build relationships. I wasn't doing networking to get something from somebody. And sometimes networking can be very self-centered. But the conversation today is all about how do we use relationships to to be compelling in nature to draw people in the conversation with us so we can share what Christ has done in our lives. That's really why we build relationships, isn't it, Matt Bird? No. Actually. It's not? No. Because if you only build a relationship with somebody because you want them to come to church, that's not very authentic, is it? Well, it is because I don't want... No, no, no. Wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. Well, you just twisted my words. I didn't say I wanted to build a relationship with them so they could come to church. I did not say those words at all. I said so that we could have a conversation with them about Jesus because that's who is who drives us. I'm not trying to drive people to church. uh, That's... Wait a minute. That was a a real twist. Don't be defensive. (laughs) (laughs) Tone it down, right? No. You, you know, I'm being slightly pedantic here, but you know, I run this thing, Cinnamon, Cinnamon International, and we're all about activating and resourcing churches to serve and transform their communities. You know, and some people think, well, let's care for our communities because we might be able to get them to come to church or come to Christ. Mm. And I, I love it when people come to Christ and come to church. But actually, when you're out there in the community serving people in need, you know, if if you've got a hidden agenda that you want them to come to Christ, to come to church, they see through that, and it, and it, doesn't, it doesn't feel authentic for them. Uh, and so I really think, you know, when churches really genuinely want to serve their communities and build relationships with people to help them, we should do it unconditionally. I don't know about you guys, but, but Jesus has loved me unconditionally, no strings attached. Right. You know, he's... His sacrifice for me was while I was still a sinner. You know, I mean, that's pretty, that's pretty sacrificial. And, and I just think that's our model for how we love other people. We should love other people regardless of whether they come to Christ or regardless of whether they come to church, because that's how Jesus has loved us. So, so yeah. So drill that down and give us an example, because with Cinnamon International, I know I know where you're going with this. The heart. Oh, I don't know where you're really... going with it. I'm a little frustrated. So I mean, seriously, I mean, I want to love on people. I mean, I authentically want to love people. I want them to experience what Christ has done in my life. And so I'm going to love and serve my community, my neighbors, my family, those that don't know Christ. But I'm going to serve them whether they come to Christ or not. But my agenda is I want them to the most incredible thing that's happened to me is Jesus. So I'm going to love on these people, hoping that I'm going to have that opportunity to share that one day, but I'm going to yeah. drive it with love. Yeah, that's it, Jim. You've got it. <clears throat> well, You've well got wait it. a minute, but you, you just said that that was wrong. <laughs> no, well, let, let's make this real. Let's make this concrete. Okay. 
if your church is looking after homeless people or feeding, feeding hungry children or visiting the vulnerable elderly, if it says people are not coming to Christ, so we might as well not be doing this, and they stop the program, that was never authentic service in the first place. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. That actually when churches serve their communities, it should be unconditional. And when I see churches loving on their communities unconditionally, that's when I see the greatest impact. Because it's selfless. It's sacrificial. And that's the kind of selfless, sacrificial love that Christ has shown for us. And I think he sets the bar, and he sets it really high. And, 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 and that's, 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 that's our call. But if we only love on our communities because we want to we wanna convert them and change their minds and get them into our holy club, then people, people reel from that. They hate that. So you know, give, us a, we, give us an example of where you've seen that play out, where well, a church was authentically... I, I, mean, I, I want to give a different example, okay. because we, this is a workplace. We're talking about people, people listening to the show, Matt, are people trying to figure mm. out, how do I live out my faith in my work? So how does, let, let's give it a, a workplace example, because this, I mean, it's great when the Four Walls Church serves a community, but the Four Walls Church sends out its members into the community to work all week long. What does it look like in the workplace? Yeah, I mean, this is our greatest mission field, isn't it? I mean, this is where we spend, you know, half of our waking life at work. So our faith has to mean something there. But, but is our faith there uh, about persuading people to come and join us at church? Or is our faith there actually trying to, to, to genuinely care and love and show concern for people in a way that God does? Uh, and that's, that's, I think, the challenge for us. You know, I mean, our workplaces aren't just places where we do smash and grab. Our our workplaces is where we're trying to live out the kingdom of God, Uh, not just through our words, but through the demonstration of our our care and love and concern um, for our colleagues. You you know, when they when they say no, I'm not interested in Christ. We don't stop loving on them. Um, You know, we want to love them you know, continually, consistently, uh, regardless of how they respond to the Jesus we love and the church that we're a part of. Um, and that, and that's, that's the challenge, isn't it? Working with colleagues, working with a boss, working with clients, um, you know, that don't share our value set system, don't share our faith, but, but we're cons- completely consistent and authentic in, in how, we, how we work with them. And I think that is the greatest witness to Christ. Well, it sure is. So I, and thank you for kind of expanding on that for us so that we can kind of put it in the context of work. So Cinnamon, we've mes- mentioned it a couple of times, cinnamoninternational.com is yeah. the website. Yeah. The, the role of Cinnamon is exactly is working with the church on this concept right yeah 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 so we're trying to help churches actually demonstrate uh the love of god in their communities so lots of churches will preach a lot praise a lot pray a lot and i love all that stuff you know 
But actually, some churches don't then show practical action in the community. Uh, and the Bible has something to say about that. It says faith without action is dead. So if all we do is preach, praise, and pray, you know, that, that, that isn't real faith. It has to be demonstrated in practical action. Um, and, and, and so that's, the, that's what Cinnamon International helps churches do. Uh, we, we, we make it easier for local churches to lean into their communities and build genuine, authentic relationships with people in the community um, and to meet their deepest felt needs. And uh, we, we, in the U.S., we're, we're just getting started, and we've been just finished our what we call our face action audit. We help the churches in the city measure the social and economic impact of what they do in the life of the city. Hmm. And, uh, you know, it's huge. I mean, because churches, we normally communicate value in story, not in numbers. So we help the, the church become bilingual to communicate its value, not just in story, but in, in numbers and impact. And then the rest of society thinks, wow, the church is actually making a huge contribution. It's not just a preaching house. It's actually uh, creating radical transformation in, in the life of this community. And so that's, that's what we're trying to help churches to do. So we've just finished doing our first faith action audit in the U.S. in New York City. Wow. And uh, we're going to be working with churches in 50 cities across the United States to help them quantify and measure and to create evidence for the value of their service in the community, their selfless, sacrificial service in the community. All right, that's so what we're all about. Y- and the other side of it, so then when you work out there in the marketplace, the workplaces of the world, you've got RelationologyInternational.com, and you wrote a book yeah. by the same name, Relationology, which is, I love it, it's 101 Secrets to Grow Your Business Through the Power of Relationships. <laughs> Wait a minute now. Relationology, that sounds like it's got a hidden agenda there. So I want to grow my business, and so I'm going to go have a relationship with you. That's, I mean, wait a minute, what you just reamed into me about, it sounds like you've got this <laughs> hidden agenda with this Relationology book. <laughs> Round two. Jim's Round two. Sort of like... <laughs> That's a good point. Ding. So, I mean, I, I don't, let's not waste any time yeah. on that. Talk to me, talk to me about that. You've got 101 secrets in this book. What are your favorite yeah. three on growing powerful business relationships, workplace relationships. Yeah, but let me just come back to that point. So we talked a lot about authenticity in this show so far. But actually, this book is also talking about being intentional. So the challenge is, can you be authentic in building relationships, but also be intentional about building the relationships that you need to build? And that's the question I think, Jimmy, you're raising. And I think that's a really important question. And so the networker will only build relationships with people that can help them, Somebody who's an authentic relationship builder will build relationships with people who can help them, but they'll also build relationships with people who can't help them or they think can't help them. And that's the difference for me. That behavior, that's what distinguishes a networker from a relationologist. You know, a networker only builds relationships with people who can help them. They burn the rest. Whereas a relationologist will actually build relationships with, with people uh, regardless of what they can do for them. Uh, and, and I think that's a really important point. So you said, Jim, you know, what, what three tips, what three practical things would, would I suggest to people about building relationships at work? Um, firstly, I'd say actually choose to be intentional about relationships because most people are so busy and rushed off their butts, they haven't got time to be deliberate about relationships. 
And I just want to say relationships are too important to leave to chance. Actually, they have such a huge impact on our career progression, the opportunities that we get, the, the level of our performance in the workplace, our health, our well-being, our long, longevity of life. Our relationships affect all these things. They're too important to leave to chance. So from, from my number one thing, uh, well, my number two thing after talking about authenticity is to say actually be authentic. Uh, sorry, be intentional. Um, be proactive. Go the extra mile. Uh, work really hard with people. Don't, don't just collect business cards and put them in a pile. Mm-hmm. If you're going to collect business cards, actually make the effort to, to reach right. out to somebody after it. That's right. You're listening to the Artwork Room Radio Show. We've been talking with Matt Bird about Relationology and Cinnamon International. To learn more about them, check out their website, cinnamoninternational.com, relationologyinternational.com. You know, Martha, it has become clear to me that I am a relationologist. Through counseling from Matt Bird and you and these books, I I mean, it, it... I just never thought of it that way. Yep. To me, networking was just, I loved helping people, and I loved building relationships with people. I just called it networking, in yeah. the kingdom and outside of the kingdom. Okay, and, even though it's all in the kingdom. And, and I think that that's based on your training, Jim, because that's what business school called it. That's what the groups call that you join is networking. But I will tell you that anybody that knows you that's ever been in one of those groups with you knows that you loved to know their 30-second commercial so that you could tell other people about them. And that was an authentic relationship that you built because you still, 30 years later, are connecting people. Jules Matson was in a networking (laughs) group in 1994, so that's 25 years ago. She specialized in helping people with living too long, dying too soon, and getting sick and hurt along the way. That's right. Okay, but, it, but, but let's get back to Matt yes. Bird and the and relationology, because Matt Bird, you, you've made some incredible points here, and and we so appreciate you hanging on. We know it's getting late in the day there in the UK, but we're you know you wrote these two books, and I want to get people just a taste of what's inside of them. But mm-hmm. before we do that, I'm going to give you free for all to say whatever you want to say to the audience before I ask you questions about your book. I just want to say to you guys, the single most important. Thing you can do in your life if you are hungry for more of God hungry for to achieve more in the workplace is invest in your relationships they will unlock untold happiness and health and opportunities for you so if you are hungry for more lean into people because God is surrounded by amazing people and as you connect to them you will thrive and you will flourish and things will happen for you that you never imagined possible. So you're saying building relationships with people helps us grow closer to God? Absolutely. What do you mean? <laughs> well, it didn't Jesus say, if you care for the... the, the when, 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 did you, when did you see me hungry and mm-hmm. thirsty? And it, Jesus said, whenever you did for the least of these... Mm-hmm. You know, by actually building relationships with people in need, we're actually we're actually encountering the, the face of Christ. So, yeah, our relationships help us, um, you know, help us encounter God. So, I have a question: Do you think that people today know how to invest in relationships? I mean, if you say that, do they think that means I got to go get more friends on Facebook? How, <laughs> and that's where your book comes in, right? You're going to help them 
know how to invest in relationship? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So relationology is full of really practical things. So let me give you a practical one. Great relationship builders talk to you about you. Great Mm. relationship builders don't fill all the airtime. Great relationship builders ask you questions that get you talking about yourself. Because you learn nothing when you speak. You only learn something when you (laughs) shut up and listen. How many times have you had one of those meetings? I don't know what they've got for the the equivalent to a Panera in the UK, but here in Panera, you're going to meet somebody at Panera, and you sit down, and this whole idea of trying to get to know each other, and the person, you ask one question, and they talk for the entire hour, and you're like, they didn't ask a single question about me. That was not a relationship-building experience. (laughs) No, it was not. I tell you what, but you learn an awful lot about them. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I learned. I learned that if that's if that's the way they treat my relationship, I'm not really interested in building a relationship with them. Yeah. But that's but such. Love, uh, that's such a good that. point. Just as far as asking questions back and forth, it's a two way street to really develop the relationship. Absolutely. But I, in, in any conversation, I always try and get the other person to speak more than I do because that's mm-hmm. what I learn and if and if they're good at it as well it's kind of this you're batting backwards and forwards and you're you're kind of you're just playing this this kind of this little kind of game isn't it and you're just kind of like just yeah you keep batting it to the, but wait wait and, 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 and this and, and you're just you're just energized in conversation it's so much fun having a conversation with somebody who just wants to learn about you mm-hmm. um, and, and you know you know the networker the networkers approach is they'll ask you lots of questions and think, oh they're really interested in me and then all of a sudden you realize they're not really interested in you they're just asking you questions to find out if you can be useful to them or not and that's <laughs> the worst feeling the yeah. worst feeling so my number one thing is 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 you learn, you, you, you you talk to people about them, ask them questions and get them talking about themselves because that's when you learn, that's when you understand, that's when you grow. So that would be, my, be you know, one of the top tips, one of the top secrets out of the Relationology book. But there's another hundred in there. So, uh, <laughs> that's right. So, we'll, so more. And, and we want to give away a copy of your book today. For those listeners that will call into the listener line, 866-713-9675, 866-713-WORK. Leave us a message with a topic that you would like to, like us to cover in the future, something you'd like us to address, maybe a question on how to live out your faith in your work, and we will enter you into today's drawing to get a copy of Relationology by Matt Bird. We'll get that done. 866-713-9675. Now, Matt, you wrote this other book, your latest book, The Relationship Book. It's got Lego people on the top, on the front. That's the one, yeah. It says, Transforming <laughs> Relationships in Family in business and in community well this is this is more practical tactical factual stuff talk talk to us about it well, what are we going to yeah. find in the relationship book so the relation the is a business book full of great values that you might recognize but the relationship book is a book about the bible it's based on the belief that the bible is not a book about religion the bible is a book about relationships because God is relationship, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And when we, um, when, we, when we relate to others, we are expressing something who God has made us to be. In fact, I believe that we only become fully human when we are in relationship 
with other people. We flourish and thrive in relationship with other people. And that's what this book is about. I picked 28 biblical characters, and out of each of their lives, I draw a relationship principle that you can take and you can apply in your life. So it's a great thing to read over a month. Give us an example of one. So here we go. So Nehemiah, um, he, he, he had this incredible relationship. You know, he was a servant. He had an incredible relationship with the king. Now, you wouldn't expect the king and the servant to have that kind of a relationship. But one day, the king knew the servant so well that when he saw Nehemiah upset, he said, hey, what's the matter? And Nehemiah explained to the king that his city would lay in ruins. And so the king released Nehemiah to go back to Jerusalem. But actually, he sent him with a letter of protection and he sent him with a letter of provision to get wood from the from the forests, um, and and you know, and if if we, so, the, the principle is this: if we only build relationships with people like us, we only have access to the ideas, opportunities, and resources that people like us have. Hmm. Where would Nehemiah been if he only had relationships with the other servants? But he built a relationship with somebody he should not have had a relationship with. This was his master. This was the king. Dare he look him in the eye? But he had a relationship. And so this is, the, this is a really important principle, um, that we should build relationships with people unlike us. So often we're just drawn. Like attracts like, doesn't it? We, we build relationships with people who look like us, sound like us, educated like us, work in environments we work in. But what happens when you mix it up and you build some unlikely relationships? And that's what the principle is. It's called the principle of unlikely relationships. And what happens when you build relationships with people unlike you, like Nehemiah did with the king? <laughs> what is the, and when you look at the most remarkable turnaround you've ever seen in somebody after you've taught them this concept, I'm sure as you speak, you get people come up and talk to you. But then there's the follow-up weeks later in emails or letters or whatever. Well, what's the most remarkable story? Really quick, 30 seconds or less that you could share with us. <laughs> uh, okay. So there's this guy that I encouraged to reach out to people he didn't think he could have a relationship with. He phoned me a week after the masterclass, and he said, you know, I, I reached out to somebody I thought I could never have a relationship with, and he's just invited me to spend the day with him in New York. And he was a famous global marketing guru. And this guy had reached out to him, and as a result, he was going to go and spend the day with him. Pretty incredible. We can have a relationship with anybody we like. That's great. It is great. Matt Bird, I can't believe our time is already done, but I know you're probably glad because then you could go have some dinner over there in the UK. But <laughs> Matt Bird with cinnamoninternational.com, relationologyinternational.com. Thanks for being on I Work for him. Next time, let's bring back some people that have experienced all this and put it into action so they could share some stories along with you. Would that be possible the next time, Matt? That would be great. I would love to do that. All right. Thank you, Matt Bird, for being on I Work for him. Check him out online, Relationology International. And cinnamoninternational.com. You've been listening to I Work For Him with your host, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. We're Christ followers. Our workplace, it's our mission field, but ultimately, I work for him. him.